don't know if I should say this or not, but uh, I get joy <laughs> when I think about <laughs> what the Lord's done for me. <laughs> Woo. Mm. Get joy when I think about what the Lord has done for me. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Okay. You can just stay standing. I'll get to I'll get to this week's message next week, maybe. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. And last week we talked about who that branch is. That branch of righteousness is Jesus. We're not waiting for a day coming. That day has come. The days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. And what does it say? He'll be a king and he shall reign and prosper. This branch of righteousness doesn't fail. This branch does not break. This branch doesn't get dried out and useless. This branch isn't good for nothing. This branch of righteousness is everything that you have need of. This branch of righteousness. I believe it's Exodus chapter 15, or I think it might be 15, uh, where it says they were at a place of Mara and, and the waters were and the waters were bitter. And what did he what did the really the Holy Spirit, the Lord, direct Moses to do? He said, take a branch, and he said, strike the water. And he said the bitter waters were made sweet. So this branch of righteousness has the ability to take bitter waters and make them sweet. Things in your life may not have worked out as you thought they would. Or, or things aren't coming to pass the way that you hoped they would. But I want you to know this branch of righteousness has the ability to hit your situation and take whatever is a, a bitter situation and turn it into something sweet. What the enemy meant for evil, this branch of righteousness has the ability to hit your situation and turn it into something good. This branch of righteousness, and it says, this branch of righteousness is a king. Is a king. You know what? There, if you're a king, then there, there's, there's not another king above that king. Meaning this is the supreme source. And it says that he shall reign and he shall prosper. He'll prosper. Meaning what this branch of righteousness does doesn't fail. And if this branch of righteousness is connected to your life, that means you don't fail. What does John chapter 15 say? John chapter 15 says, he says, if I, if, if I am the vine and you, if I'm the, uh, if I'm the vine and you're the branches, 
If I, if I abide in you and you abide in me, you can ask what it will. So if we abide in this branch, we abide in this king that doesn't, that reigns in this king that prospers. That's why we, we can say we have the V I C T O R Y. We, we have the victory in Jesus because I have this branch of righteousness. You might be visiting and say, when is the, when is the preacher going to preach? He is right now. This is the message right now. Then it says what it says in his days, Judah will be saved. Judah represents God's people. So in the days of this king of righteousness, this branch of righteousness, that they will be saved. That's salvation. And Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. Now listen to this. Therefore, therefore, this is Jeremiah 23 verse seven. Therefore, so it says the Lord, our righteousness, therefore. So he's not starting a new thought. He's telling us. Because there's a branch of righteousness that shall be a king that shall reign and prosper and Judah will be saved and Israel will be saved and they'll be safe because of that. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. Days are coming. Days are coming. Those days are here. Now listen, because this is this is really a, a, a tool the enemy uses to set you back. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. Now listen, that they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. Wait a minute. What does it say? That they would no longer say. You have to stop talking about what the Lord did yesterday. Now we can rehearse what God did yesterday and we can talk about testimonies, but what happens is, is you can look back and you can be frustrated by someone else's victory because you haven't seen your own. They should no longer say as the Lord lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. Yeah, they, they needed to rehearse what God had done, but they got to the point if all you do is rehearse other people's victories, then you get to the point that it's not for you. Well, you healed them, but would you heal me? You made a way for them. Would you make a way for me? Coming to a place that they would no longer say. The Lord who lives. They even knew he would, they, they even know he's a, he's a God that's alive. It says, but, this is verse eight, but as the Lord lives who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country. You see, they were in bondage, I believe at that time to the Babylonians. They were in bondage to the Babylonians. And here they are in bondage and all they could think about is, well, God got them out of Egypt. But he'll say, no, as the Lord lives, meaning, meaning your, what you're saying is going to change. Because not only are you going to talk about someone else's testimony, 
but now you're going to be able to talk about your own testimony. I, I, I wouldn't want our children to go throughout our lives as being pastors and saying, remember what God did in 1954? Well, I'm not that old, but um, I look good for my age. 1989, 19, well, God really moved and God did some great things back in, back in the, the 70s and back in the 80s and in the early 90s. Oh, God did some great things and we can talk about those things, but are you pressing in to what he wants to do right now? I'm not saying we forget about, about the great moves of God that happened in the past. Because I believe what we're stepping into in the last days looks different than any previous generation has ever seen. Go to Psalm 71 and... I'm not bringing out anything new. I'm just following my heart. Psalm 71, verse 14. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, for I don't know their limits. I don't know their limits. I don't know the limits. I don't know the limits of his salvation. I don't know the limits. I don't know the limits of his righteousness. I mean, his righteousness is him. It's not just this tool that God uses. It's him. That was the whole point of the branch of righteousness and this king of righteousness. And, and why, should, why should you no longer just say that, that the God who lives, who delivered from Egypt? No, because the same branch of righteousness is for right now. The same branch of righteousness is for right now. The work of righteousness that God did through Jesus was Jesus destroying the works of the enemy. That's what we need to see. You stop seeing that this relationship that you have with Jesus is something that's impersonal. Stop seeing it as something that it's just this religious thing that I've, I've acquired into my life. No, it is something that drives me every day. This relationship with Jesus is real to me. This relationship with Jesus, this relationship with the Holy Ghost is real to me. The Holy Spirit. What, is it, what does Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? It says that he will come and he will bear witness of me. Meaning he's going to be just like me. So if he's just like Jesus, then he is someone that's here to administer righteousness. To reveal righteousness. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with what the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good. But we could change that doing righteousness. Jesus healing someone is, is Jesus releasing the righteousness of God into someone's life. Righteousness in my heart has been all of a sudden grown so much bigger than what I've known up to this point in my walk with God. Because I'm seeing God different in a whole new level. It's changing how I'm praying. It's changing how I'm speaking. That I realize, women, his righteousness. The Holy Spirit. John 16, it says the Holy Spirit came to convict the world of sin. Another, a better word that for convict is convince. Yeah. 
The Holy Spirit came to convince us of sin, meaning what? You're going the wrong direction. Then what's the next thing? He came to convict the world of righteousness. You could say convince the world that to, to reveal righteousness. And the last thing is to convict the world of judgment. Why? Because the God of this world has already been judged. Meaning the Holy Spirit didn't come to judge you. When you got born again, you're to judge yourself, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Too often, the enemy has got people, well, God's judging me. God's judging me. No, he judged you when he poured out his wrath on Jesus. So the Holy Spirit has now come to convince me that the God of this world is already judged through what Jesus did. You are free. He's broken every oppression off of your life. Yes, there is going to be a last day's judgment. Yes, there's a, we're going to stand behold the, before the judgment scene of Christ. But what are we going to be judged with? With what we did with Jesus and what we did with the call upon our lives. If you made Jesus the Lord of your life and you're walking before him and you've repented of your sins and you're going forward in him, you're not going to be judged according to, to sin. You're being judged according to what you were called to do and what you did with his name. This is just all added by the Holy Spirit this morning, okay? Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. I'm telling you, when you, we worship God, His righteousness comes in. His, His, and, and I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will speak to you during a service like this and, and cause you to see, man, yeah, there's something more. There's something more. There's something more. There's something more than what I've had. There's, there's more. I, I, I've tasted God, but I know there's more than what he is. That's what, it, that's what his righteousness ministering to you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. No longer say. Mm. What are you going to? It's interesting in that Jeremiah 23, and he says, they'll no longer say this, but then they'll say this. Let me ask you a question. What are you going to stop speaking, and what are you going to start speaking? Faith is in our heart and our mouth. What are you going to start speaking? Well, we are we are we are made in the image of God. So that means we live and we operate the way that God does. And according to Romans chapter 4, 17, he calls those things that be not as though they are. So what are you speaking? What are you speaking? You need to stand up in the midst of your disappointments. Stand up in the midst of the bondage. Stand up in the midst of whatever oppression you're experiencing. And you say, I'm not speaking that anymore. I'm speaking this. I'm speaking this. I will have a job that meets all my needs. All my children, all our children are serving the Lord.
Maybe you say things like that. Well, Jesus, you use, you use, you know, Pastor Phil, but I don't, I don't think he'd use me. No, you say, Jesus always uses me. I'm always used by Jesus to minister to someone else. I'm used by Jesus to bring joy to other people. Stop saying what you... (laughs) Stop agreeing with your present and being satisfied with it. No. No. The branch of righteousness has touched my life. I'm never the same again. I'm never the same again. Don't be limited by your family. Don't be limited by where you grew up. Don't be limited by your race. Don't be limited by by maybe your failures of your past. The branch of righteousness has caused you and I to be unlimited. The only thing that can hinder us is how we see ourselves in Christ. Righteousness. He's righteous. Mm. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. It's the only other thing that's coming up in my heart. Psalms 36. Someone likes Psalms 36. If you're visiting, you're probably, that's the most interesting church I've ever been to. You know, there was an old uh, theologian uh, named Tertullian, and he wrote about what the Romans, the Roman people would come in and spy on, would come in and spy on the church in Rome in the early days. And they would come back to this report, and they're saying, they're the strangest people. They all sit around, they talk, they, they all sit around, there's really nothing much on the walls and, and they're, 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 they're talking about this man, Jesus, and expecting that he's going to show up anytime. <laughs> We're talking about Jesus. God believe he's going to show up anytime, any moment. Amen. Hallelujah. That's, I don't want to say I'm going to close with this because we'll just see. Mm, victory. Verse 5. Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Now get this. Your righteousness is like the great mountains. The Passion Translation says, your mountains are immovable. Your righteousness is like an immovable mountain. Your judgments are great and deep. O Lord... You preserve man and beast. He preserves us. How precious is your love and kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Verse 8. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. They are abundantly satisfied. Abundantly satisfied with the fullness of his house. 
His righteousness will manifest things in your life to the point where you are satisfied. Hallelujah. (laughs) Say, I'm satisfied by the fullness of his house. Now this word, this word fullness in the Hebrew, I mean, in the Hebrew, in the King James, it uses the word fatness. And it's interesting. You're like, that's a real, a weird word, but there's a reason they use this word fatness or fullness and what it actually should mean to us. And it would mean to someone that's a Hebrew. Fatness came from a, from a Hebrew word. It's called deshen. And what it is, is it is a, it is a, it is a sacrifice and it is actually, it, it, it is the fat of an offering and the ashes of a sacrifice. And so when they would come and after a sacrifice was made, they would come and they would, it t- told them to remove the, the fat and the ashes. So when he uses this word, the fullness of my house, he's talking about, and he's, and for us, it's messianic. And it means that what Jesus accomplished through his sacrifice would bring satisfaction to my life. The fullness of his house, meaning that he gave everything in his house. He fulfilled everything in his house. So he took the sacrifice, the ashes and the fat from the offering. And he took it away. Why? Because it was a finished sacrifice. It was a completed sacrifice. And because of what Jesus did, I'm satisfied. Why? Because he's a branch of righteousness that has hit my life and changed me from the inside out. So when I think about the Lord and all he's done for me, when I think about the Lord and all he's done for me, it makes me want to dance. Thank you for your goodness. 